0: Welcome back everyone to All That Utah Jazz, your probably least favorite podcast about the jazz. Um, shout out to everyone listening, thank you for tuning in, It's it's been a hot minute since I've recorded, and I'm excited to talk for a little bit about what's happened since the NBA was shut down, since we've restarted, um, I, I got really busy for a minute, and I there was, to be frank, it seemed like there was a lot of content going out from more connected sources, more, maybe more knowledgeable sources. I I don't know. There there was a lot of podcasts. There was a lot of stuff online during the shutdown and it felt like it would be overkill To, to add more to that. I'd just be restating what others were already saying better than I could. So it's kind of why I held off on recording. I sat down to do it a couple of times. I, I just felt kind of meaningless. So, whether this is that much more meaningful, but I sure hope it can be. Um, today, I just kind of want to talk about the bubble. Um, what we've seen from the Jazz. And hopefully a, a quick look forward at the playoffs. I um, I think I'm going to go through this next week and start to analyze... Um, our first-round opponent once that's locked up hopefully tonight or tomorrow it should be locked in so um, yeah we're gonna talk about the bubble today and I hope you guys enjoy it and please if you uh, have comments or suggestions please reach out to me on Twitter and let me know or if you like it share it with your friends you know let me know what you want to see in here so first things first um, Let's talk about, well, first let's talk about William Bogdanovich. Um, If you did not realize how important he was to our team before, um, I imagine you do so now. Offensively, he's just such a spark and a bucket getter. And and size-wise, it's been crazy to see the difference. I mean, Bogdanovich isn't a huge guy by any means. We were undersized with him, but without him, it's just crazy how small we are, which I think could be one of our biggest concerns in the playoffs, but, you know, we'll, we'll get to talking about that, but, um, seems like his recovery is going well, um, uh, honestly, I'm glad he had the surgery now, because I, I don't think our prospects were that great, even with him, for this season, so, might as well get it out of the way and, and gear up for next year, but, um, he will be missed, and hopefully the guys can pick up some slack, um, so far we haven't... <laughs> Seen that happen, per se. Our bench has kind of struggled, but we'll talk to that later on. Um, I do want to talk about Mike Conley, though, first. Holy cow. We have... I think we've seen the resurgence of, of Memphis Mike Conley, and it's been fantastic to watch. Um, in the bubble, Mike Conley has been fantastic. He has the... The, uh, technically the third highest net rating, but, but really the second because number one is John Morgan who's only averaging about 9 minutes and also has been garbage or tanking time but uh, Rudy Gobert second at 6.5 and then Mike Collins had a net rating of 5.1 which is fantastic and, Um, he's been uh, so he's averaged 18 points a game um, he's shooting 43% from the field, 37% from three. Um, I don't, I almost don't dare say this out loud. He hasn't missed a free throw yet. Um, he's getting his five assists a game. Uh, his turnovers are a little higher than, than what I think we expected out of him. But, um, I think part of that is just Quinn's system too, And I think we've, we've kind of owned up to that over the years. I, I know it's still frustrating seeing how many turnovers we have, but. Um, in a system where you move the ball as much as we do, it's kind of going to happen, I think. But he's been fantastic. He's been the spark the offense needs. He's um, shown that he understands the system. He can facilitate it. He's come up with some big shots when we've needed it. Um, And it's just been really great to watch Um, and see. I... Um, I wonder how much of it has to do with Bogdanovich being out, actually, because his usage has gone up. He's he's got, like, a 22% usage rate in the bubble, Um, which that could be potentially problematic um, next year when Bogdanovich returns. Um, That will... That's a conversation and a worry for another day, but for right now, um, I think we should just be thankful that we have... uh, the Mike Conley I think that, that I was expecting at least not um, not someone that's going to necessarily win you a playoff series um, by himself but someone that is going to be kind of the rock that will help um, stabilize the team that can make big plays when the moment counts um, and can kind of take some of that load off of the other players Um, When Donovan's kind of struggled getting going in certain moments of the bubble, um, you can see how Mike has been able to kind of take over, run the offense, you know, make make some good plays. Um, His floater's back, which, as much as we hate that shot as Jazz fans, um, it it has been one of his staples, and he's finally um, hit it. And he's also got a really good uh, chemistry and cohesiveness with Gobert, I've noticed, on the pick and roll, where. He they're connecting well and it opens up a lot for him. Um, just in terms of you know the teams don't when they shade to go and try to cover the roll man then you know he he take he gets to the rim or, or makes his floater and then when they heavily play towards Mike um, he he's gotten pretty good at finding Gobert for the lob or or just a pass um, in the lane and then. Gobert either gets fouled or, or gets a bucket. But I think it's been really good. Um, I Probably the biggest positive for me out of the bubble has been Mike Conley's play. And, um, I think it's a really good sign. I think it's a good sign that he um, really was still recovering from an injury earlier in the year and just needed some time to get back in shape and also to figure out the system. And um, if we can get Mike Conley – we can get this type of Mike Conley play – consistently next year, then um, our expectations should be very high for this team. Now, on a less positive note, our bench has seemingly self-imploded. Destroyed itself. I can't even think of the words to describe exactly what has happened with a bench that, that was doing pretty good before the shutdown. Um, feels like kind of a roller coaster where we had bench struggles and we brought in Clarkson and and seemed like we kind of had a groove going and then all of a sudden they're pretty awful. And uh, that's sugarcoating it, I think. Um, I mean, you look at the lineup numbers, our, our starting lineup, our most used lineup is. Is fantastic. I mean, they've played 84 minutes. They've got a net rating of 19.1, 113 offensive rating, and 94 defensive rating. Like, great numbers. And then you start throwing bench guys in there, and it's awful. Um, the lineup of, of Conley, Clarkson, Ingles, Yang, and Bradley has play. That's our second most used lineup. Um, they've played 21 minutes, so not a ton, but. They have a net rating of negative 35. Similar lineup with, um, well, not similar, but switching out. um, Have Clarkson, Ingles, Nyang, but (coughs) instead of Conley and Bradley, you have Mitchell and Gobert. And they are negative 37. Wow. Um, Worth noting on that other lineup, the Conley, Clarkson, Ingles, Nyang, Bradley. They have a defensive rating of 140. That is just insane. Um, Yeah, and to kind of looking at those two lineups, because I mean, those are the two most most common, um, I mean, initial bench lineups that we use. Um, The one, so it's Clarkson, Ingles, and Yang are are the three that are similar between the two, and then you have Conley and Bradley or Gobert and Mitchell, and um, the Conley Bradley lineup actually does okay offensively Uh, I mean their offensive rating is a 104.8 so 105 Um, not great but for a bench lineup that's livable Um, but their defense is atrocious 140 like I said flip it and you have instead of Conley and Bradley you have Mitchell and Gobert and defense is again not great but I I guess you could live with it at 115 Um, maybe you couldn't live with that but defense gets better, which you would hope so with the two time defensive player on the year of the year on the floor. Their offense is seventy-eight. Just terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. A um, couple of the other lineups. You have instead of Joe, you get Manuel Moody out there. So Clarkson Moody and Yank and then Mitchell and Gobert. Um, that one actually is good. Um you they got an offensive rating of 103.8, defensive of 87.5. This is just in the bubble, by the way. Um, and they've only played 11 minutes. so who knows? Um, I don't know. I, I don't Oh, and then this next one is still only 11 minutes. like the sample size is small, but the whole bubble the whole bubble sample size is small. So um, kind of hard to get a good sample size with these numbers. But, Gobert, Mitchell, and then Gobert, Mitchell, and Neal. So three of your starters. You take out Joe and Mike and throw in Clarkson and Moutier. You're at negative 60. An offensive rating of 61 and a defensive rating of 122. Bad. Just bad, 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 bad. Um, On that same note, Emmanuel Moutier has just been... Not good in the bubble, which makes me sad because he was one of my favorite storylines of this season. Like I thought he was someone who um, was on the verge of losing his NBA career, and came into a system to you know learn and progress, and did that. Like he totally bought into jazz culture and DNA, and and he was working hard. He was learning. He was progressing. Like and he became like a solid. I have, like, a solid backup point guard. Um, you know, the talks before the the shutdown were that the Jazz weren't going to be able to keep him because he was going to sign a better contract. And um, now, I mean, he's played in the bubble. They're, they're talking like he might not get another contract. So, I mean, that, that's sad for me to see. Um, it, it's kind of perplexing. It, it's hard to point to exactly what happened there. Um, I hope he can redeem himself. I mean, he's, he's going to get the chance to. We don't have the depth to not play Emmanuel Moutier. Um And and frankly, and the other bench guys haven't been much better. I mean, Clarkson has been... Yeah, I get we wanted him to go get buckets, but his bad habits have been really bad. I mean, yeah, I mean even before we were possibly tanking games, um, he would go, it felt like entire quarters without passing the ball. So, I don't know. The bench is frustrating. I don't know how to fix it. Um, Obviously, I can't control what happens. I'm not implying I would fix it, but um, I wonder if just losing Bogdanovich has carried over into that, where before, you know, they would at least have one um, starter-level player. In with the bench rotation at all times, um, whether it was Joe or Royce or Bogey, or even Mike or Donovan for that matter. Um, I do think part of it has, I think when Clarkson, Moutier, and um, Mitchell, especially just Clarkson and Mitchell are on the floor at the same time, it becomes very um, my turn sort of basketball where... There's no real cohesiveness. There's no um, plays or strategy. It's just, I'm going to go down and shoot this time, and you're going to go down and shoot next time, and I'm going to go down and shoot this time. It's not fun to watch. It's obviously not a good strategy. and um, So, I don't know. Obviously something we're going to have to figure out. I think part of it, too, is that um, the defense has been generally bad whenever Gobert is off the floor and um I don't know there's a real fix to that because it's hard to criticize let me rephrase rephrase that it's hard to blame the Jazz perimeter defenders when the defense is bad um, and guys are blowing past them only because like as long as they're trying hard um, that's kind of what they're taught to do like Like, you've got to run him off the three, and you've got to get out to your man, and you've got to try and stay in front. But the idea behind the whole Jazz defensive system is we have one of the best defenders to ever play the game on our team standing underneath the basket. So funnel everything to him and let him do what he's good at, right? And so um, in some ways that creates really bad habits because then you get just an average or even a subpar defender like Tony Bradley or Ed Davis in there, which Ed hasn't played a ton, but... Um, either of those guys, and I can see why it would be hard as a player to go from okay, I'm supposed to funneling everything to the rim to okay, I can't let him get to the rim. Um, and and to be frank, most of our perimeter guys aren't known for for great defense. Like, I mean, Donovan, I think as a prospect was touted as great defense, and I know he worked on that over the summer, but um, I think he has too much of an offensive load to be. And a lockdown defender 24-7. And, I mean, all he's ever known is playing with three. So back to the same stuff. Sorry, my is being really loud in the background. But, um, anyways, I... T- t- that was kind of like a rough tangent just to say that, I don't know, I think this offseason the Jazz are going to have to make a decision as to, not a decision, but they're going to have to do something to fix the defense and to make it so we can live with Gobert resting um, 12 minutes a night at least, right? And in the playoffs, that should be less of a problem because you can play Gobert 40 minutes a night. um, But you get one or two options. It's either... A, change the system, which seems unlikely because it's a good system when he's on the floor. It's a great system when he's on the floor. Um, I think the better option would be you've got to find a good ring defender that can back up Colbert. Um, There's been rumors that have floated around. Um, I don't know if these are actual rumors or if they're Jazz fans hoping um, for Derek Favors to return. Um, But I, I did see Tony Jones hint at something like that, and he's usually one to keep his mouth shut unless there's actual substance behind something. Um, don't quote me on that, though. I might be thinking of something else. But, anyways, uh, someone like Faber's, or or that can fill a similar role to what he filled, um, would allow us to keep that system but still have a livable defense um, when Gobert's off the floor. Um... So yeah, that's the bench. Um, I, I hope they can figure it out. We're gonna. That's gonna be a real make or break thing for us in the playoffs. Um, so, I guess we'll see. But I, I'm not super optimistic on them getting it figured out. Just because, like I said, like the system is kind of built around having a great rim defender, um, and we don't have one besides Gobert. Bradley is is okay. Um, Davis is, has not been great um, and so couple that with us being undersized and I think it's going to be real rough but if our bench players can somehow figure it out I mean even if they can get a good enough offense to just outshoot the other guys which frankly is, is always kind of fluky and I don't know if I trust that but you know if, if our bench can get hot for four games we win a series right um I don't know. I might be overcomplicating or oversimplifying, but that's just kind of my take on how the bench is played and, and what needs to be fixed going forward.